Hello and welcome to In the Kitchen with Mary Beck, broadcasting today from our beautiful leg lamp studios in western Pennsylvania. There'll be a picture up and then you'll understand why I'm calling it that. (laughs) Uh, We're coming up on the big holiday season of Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and all the many holidays that are being celebrated virtually on the same day this year. It's a pretty interesting year. So today we're going to talk about something that everyone loves for any holiday, special occasion, band concert, birthday party, summer picnic, whatever, the classic cutout cookie. The great thing about cutout cookies is you can do anything with them. You can do any occasion, any whatever event, anything, because the shapes of cookie cutters are, I don't, people make every shape. By golly, they even have a leg lamp cookie cutter. So, you know. Um, There's also a lot of companies that are making custom handmade cookie cutters now. If you look on the internet, you can find those. Um, They're really neat. They're they're, uh, formed tin. Often they just have a handle that goes up over the back, so you could use them to cut out like scones or biscuits or that sort of thing from a thicker dough. I'm not a big fan of the plastic cookie cutters because I think they, they're, real, they're kind of hard to use and they tend to have a, an odd ledge or a back on them that doesn't allow you to cut the cookie as thick as it needs to be cut. So I, I'm not really a fan of the plastic ones. However, you can get a lot of shapes in plastics also. So, you know, whatever you want to use is fine. You can even use, uh, I use often, if I want to make like round cookies for whatever reason, I use different drinking glasses that I have because they work as well as anything else that's round. And, um, you know, so you can use things like that. Uh, A lot of times you can, even if you want to really make a custom cookie, you can draw your own shape, cut it out, and then cut around it with a knife on the cookie dough. So it's, like I said, you can do anything with a cutout cookie. So today I'm going to give you uh, my classic sugar cookie slash cutout cookie dough recipe and icing recipe because it is the holiday season and the holidays are about giving. So I'm going to give you my cutout cookie recipe that my mother gave to me. It's a very old recipe and the icing comes from my grandmother. So this is a good old tried and true recipe um, that we've used forever. The cookie that I make is a pretty plain cookie. It's almost borderline shortbread type of cookie. The icing is butter icing. And so what I'm going to say is, as I've said all along in this podcast, do not cheap out on the ingredients. If I say to use butter, use butter. Don't use margarine. Margarine is not a substitute for butter. Butter flavored Crisco is not a substitute for butter. Now, does it make a difference if you use salted versus unsalted butter? Um, A slight difference. Uh, Unsalted butter behaves a little bit differently. However, it's a noticeable taste difference. So I always use salted butter because I... I like that flavor better myself, but the difference isn't big enough that you would really notice it. The average person wouldn't really notice it, so I always recommend using regular old salted butter. And and like I said, don't substitute, especially um, in the icing. The icing calls for butter only. Don't substitute butter-flavored Crisco or margarine of any sort. Just use butter. Butter's better for you anyway, because we know what's in butter. We don't know what's in that other stuff. So, you know. If you gotta choose your poison, choose butter. <laughs> That's a butter commercial for the butter manufacturers of the world. 
Unsolicited. When, when you pick your poison, pick butter. Sounds like a Monty Python yeah. commercial. <laughs> That's beautiful. So anyway, back to the cookies. These are This is a really good cookie. And if you follow my instructions, it should come out really good for you. So I'm going to give you a couple of tips before I give you the recipe. I like air-bake pans. I have quite a collection of air-bake cookie sheets. I like them the best for cookies because they don't let the bottom burn. They let the cookie bake completely as the bottom turns a nice golden brown. So you get a very consistent bake. So uh, I recommend if you want to bake cookies... If you bake a lot and you want to bake cookies and you, you know, are as freakishly particular about everything as I am, get some air-bake pans. They're, they're well worth the investment. Secondly, I really like to bake on parchment. You can get parchment in rolls. Uh, you can get it in sheets at a lot of stores, um, bakery stores. For example, Gordon Food Service has parchment that comes in sheets, which is really nice because it's not rolly. So, isn't that... I don't know if that's a word exactly, rolly. But, you know, when you take parchment off of a roll, it, like, snaps right back into that rolled-up shape. So um, you can get it in the flat sheets, and it's, it's for the price of it, it's fantastic. And you can use it over and over in your same bake. Like, don't save your sheet for the next day that you're baking. But if you're baking a few different kinds of cookies, as long as they don't leave a residue on it, you can use it. And I, uh, I had on my Facebook page a handy tip uh, a while back. I use binder clips to hold the parchment paper in place on my cookie sheet so that it doesn't slide off when I put it into the oven. And it's a pretty handy little trick. You just clip it onto the bend of your cookie sheet and it holds it in place. And as long as you don't touch those blistering hot binder clips when you take it out of the oven, they work really great. When you make the cookies, when you bake them, you can actually bake the cookies and not decorate them all and store the uniced cookies in a plastic container in a cold place. And then what, what I did when my kids were little is we would decorate maybe like 12 at a time and get, you know, get out a few at a time, let everybody decorate a few and then take them wherever we we're taking them or whatever and, or let them eat a few at a time. But that way it's kind of not overwhelming, especially if you like to let your kids decorate cookies. So you don't, you don't have like half the project done in a gigantic, ginormous mess you know, the icing keeps really well in the refrigerator. So you can do this over a period of a week. You know, like if you wanted to let the kids decorate, if they want to decorate some cookies, but you don't want them to do all of them, just get a few out, let them decorate them and send them on their merry way. And then you can finish up. So that's a kind of a nice way to do it. Or if you, you know, if you want to keep put fresh icing on or whatever, you know, that sort of thing. So you can have everything ready in advance. You can have your icing made and in the refrigerator, you can have your cookies made and stored somewhere and just do it when you can get to it. So that's kind of a nice thing about these. With the icing recipe I'm going to give you, you can make it as thick or as thin as you want and it works very nicely. So if you want it to be thicker for icing the cookies, that's fine. You can thin it down a little bit and use a pastry bag with tips to decorate. That works well also. The only thing is if you're going to use sprinkles on them, you have to put it on right away when you're icing them because this icing dries or the outer surface of it will form a sort of a crust, which is really nice because it allows you to stack the cookies, but the icing underneath will stay nice and soft. So that's just how this icing performs and it works really well. The recipe makes about four dozen cookies, depending on how big you make your cookies. 
when you're making cutout cookies and you roll your dough out, you want to try to use up as much dough as you can without packing it back into a ball and re-rolling. Because um, this sort of a dough is very much like a pie crust dough. The more you work it, the tougher it gets. So you don't want to cut four cookies out and then say, oh, I want to make this other shape that's really enormous and now it doesn't fit, so now I need to re-roll it. You never want to do that. You want to think like an engineer when you're cutting these cookies out and look at the shapes that you have. And even before you press down on them, you could lay them out and see like how they lay out there. But try to get as much, as many cuts out of one roll of dough as you can before you have to roll it up again. And then when you do roll it up again, don't like spend a lot of time kneading it together. Just carefully press it together and re-roll it so that you're not working it too much. That really, that actually really helps quite a lot when you're doing it if you can limit the amount of work you're giving that dough. When you store the cookies that are iced, they don't have to be stored in a refrigerator. You can, you let them, what I do is I let them sit out for uh, maybe like a half hour until the dough feels stiff on the top. And then I put them in a container separated with layers of wax paper, um, a nice plastic container. Now, what my Italian family does, this has always amazed me. They store their cookies in like shirt gift boxes. You know, those cardboard shirt gift. I swear they'll save them just to make cookies in. And... Their cookies never taste stale. So I don't know how this works because I know that a cardboard shirt box is not airtight. Neither is the tissue paper that they store the cookies between. But their cookies always stay good. So I don't know exactly why that is. Maybe they actually store them in plastic containers and put them in shirt boxes to transport them. That's quite possible. That's quite possible. That used to crack me up though. We'd go to a wedding you know, with the enormous cookie tables, and we'd go to a wedding and there'd be all these shirt boxes or old pizza boxes. You know, like they save a good pizza box that didn't get a lot of grease stains in it, and they put their cookies in it. It's just so funny. So I like a nice plastic box, though. So that's that's a few of the tips, and I'll give you some more, I'm sure, as I think of them as I go along with this recipe. Here is the cookie recipe. You're going to cream together one cup of softened butter, one cup of sugar, and a pinch of salt in a um, bigger bowl. I would use that for your base bowl. So you want to get about a 10 or 12 quart bowl, a big size bowl. Um, so one cup of softened butter, one cup of sugar, pinch of salt. To that, you're going to add two large eggs, two tablespoons of milk, and mix it up real well. In another bowl, you're going to have four cups of flour. I prefer Robin Hood flour. And you're going to add a teaspoon of baking powder and a teaspoon of baking soda to that. And then take a fork and stir that together to loosen the flour up and to blend the baking powder and baking soda through it. So it's kind of all through the flour. Then you're going to mix those dry ingredients into your wet ingredients. Just very carefully kind of stir it over and over and it'll start to stick together. And then you'll be able to, um, it'll form a ball. When you get it all blended and you form a ball but it's sticking together, you form a ball. I divide it into two balls of dough, pat it into a ball, and then I put those into their own plastic bag, and you're going to chill that in the refrigerator for two hours. Now, if you do this and you don't have time in two hours to get back to this cookie dough, that's fine because you can leave it for up to two days in your refrigerator before you need to do anything with it. So one of the things I like to do is if I know, say I'm going to be off of work a day or I know I'm going to have a free evening, I'll make up my cookie dough the day before, then the evening I'll get all my cookie doughs made up and have them stored in my refrigerator in plastic bags. 
then the next day, I basically, I'm just pulling dough out and making cookies. And it really, like, I, you can do two or three different kinds of cookies like this because if the dough's already made up and you're already baking, you can move them through pretty quickly. So that's a little time-saving tip. Then you're going to preheat your oven to 350 degrees when you're ready to bake. And you're going to get, um, I have a pastry board, which is a board, um, It's mine is a plastic board, and it has a cotton top that goes onto it and I can flour that and roll my cookie dough out on it and it works really well. However, they have these awesome silicone ones out now that it's a silicone, it's a rolled up um, mat of silicone. You roll it up, put it on your table, put your flour on it. The mat doesn't slide around. You can roll your dough out on it. It stays floured. It cleans up really easily and they work really well. I have an older plastic one that's like death. You go to hit it with a rolling pin and it scoots off across the table. You know, your next thing you know, you're laying in the flour. So either of those things work really well for doing this. You want to roll your dough out so it's a pretty reasonably consistent quarter inch or slightly thinner. You don't want your dough to be very thin because then the cookies get too crisp. You want your cookie to be crisp on the bottom but have a flaky texture in the middle. So if you leave it about a quarter of an inch or just slightly under thick, it'll bake up really nice and you'll get a really nice cookie. And then you're going to put your cookies on your baking sheet that have parchment paper on them and you're going to leave them, uh, um, space them out about a half an inch apart. Like I'll do, if I'm going to make, for example, like hearts, I'll put them in different directions and space them out away from each other because these cookies tend to, they don't spread out, but they puff up. So they're going to grow a little bit as they're baking. You're going to bake them for 8 to 10 minutes or until the edges are very slightly golden brown. Don't overbake them because they turn dark quickly. This is another reason I love the air bake pans. It will allow the cookie to bake without getting it burned looking. Because you don't want sugar cookies to get that dark edge on them. You want them to have a very nice golden edge. However, if you take them out too soon and they're not fully baked, they'll sink in the middle. Which is not a terrible thing because they're reasonably fully baked, you know, so don't have a don't don't panic. And you're covering it with icing, so right. who will know? Right. You're going to be icing it. So you want it to be, you know, you want it to be baked enough you can pick it up and it doesn't snap in half, but you don't want it to be burned. Um, and you're going to cool them on a rack. As you take them off of the parchment, you cool them on a cooling rack until you're ready to ice them. Now, if you're here, if you're at this part and you think, oh, I'm not going to ice these right now. I'm going to bake them and then I'll ice them Saturday or something. You can take your cookies, make sure they're completely cool, stack them up. You don't have to use wax paper. Stack them up on top of each other in your plastic container very carefully and put them in a nice cool place where people can't find them and won't eat them. Now, for the icing. The icing is a half a cup of butter, which is one stick of butter, a 32-ounce bag of powdered sugar, and a teaspoon of vanilla and milk to add to thin it. So what you do is you have your butter softened, not melted. You whip your butter up a little bit, put your teaspoon of vanilla in it, whip it up a little bit more, and then put half half of a bag of powdered sugar in it. Now do this by hand, because if you do it in a mixer, the problem with doing cookie icing in a mixer is it puts too much air into it, and then it makes it want to go too thin when you're trying to spread it. If you do it by hand and stir it up, I prefer using a wooden spoon, and mix it up, you can control the consistency a lot better. 
So you put that half a bag of powdered sugar in and, and work it into the butter and add a little bit of milk. You're going to add milk like a tablespoon at a time. So put it one tablespoon in, stir it up. When you get it to a spreading consistency, you're going to add the rest of the bag of powdered sugar and do the same thing. Put a little milk in it and keep stirring it until it's a decent spreading consistency. Now, if you're going to color your icing, you do not want to make your icing too thin because if you're using liquid food coloring, that's adding more moisture into the icing and it will thin it out. So if you're planning on coloring it, leave your icing a little bit stiff and divide out the icing that you want to color. And then if whatever you're going to leave um, the plain color, you can thin that with a little bit more milk so that it will spread better. And you want it to be about the consistency of soft cream cheese is about what you want your icing to be like because you don't want it to be... If it's too thick, it'll like roll up as you're trying to spread it on the cookie. If it's too thin, it'll run and drip off the cookie. So you want it in between there. When you're going to tint it, I like liquid food coloring way better than paste food coloring, and I'll tell you why. Because paste food coloring leaves an aftertaste. Whatever that is that the aftertaste is, I have no idea. But liquid food coloring tends to be, it's usually called vegetable food coloring, and it's actually reasonably natural will be made from like beets are a big one that they make um, food coloring that they use to make food coloring uh, cherry juice they use and it's very concentrated they take the coloring you know so it's actually concentrated but it's it's um, not totally chemical like the paste dyes are so I don't think they taste they don't have that terrible bitter taste that you get with a paste dye. However, if you're going to tint your icing, like if you want a deep color of green, you're going to put a lot of food coloring in it, and that's going to thin it out a lot. So just remember, don't let it get too thin. The, I like the liquid dyes because you get a you get a nicer finished product, in my opinion. So once you get your icing whipped up, you're ready to go. You can use a butter knife to spread the icing onto the cookies. You know, how and do that. You can take the icing and thin it a little tiny bit more and put it in icing bags and pipe it out in different shapes. They make these really neat things. They're, they look like almost like a cookie press, but they're for icing. And they're not very big. Um, they have different tips that fit on them and they screw together. So they're nice for kids because it's not like, you know, like an icing bag. I've had them, the kids squeeze them in the middle and all the icing comes back up over their arm, you know, all kinds of things. The things that children do with icing, it's just amazing. But those little things work really nice. They actually have some that I saw that look like a little accordion squeeze bottle that you can use too. So anything like that, especially if you're working with your kids to decorate them, are really convenient, makes it a little bit more fun with them. For them, they can make more decorations on it or whatever. But definitely you want to, if you're going to put sprinkles or any additions on, you want to do that as soon as you ice the one cookie, do the decorations to it because the icing will get stiff quick. Now, that's the icing. That's the cookie recipe. Now you've got everything. So now I'm going to give you a family recipe here. Please bake these cookies with your kids. Please let them help you decorate them. It doesn't matter what they look like when they come out. It doesn't matter... If they break them, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. But what matters is, is number one, that you're baking with your kids and spending time with them in the kitchen. Two, they're doing something creative with their hands that they're going to take a great deal of pride in when it's done. And three, it's just fun if you don't take it too seriously. And for God's sake, they're cookies. 
there's nothing that serious about a cookie. So do these with your kids. This is a great thing to do with your kids. It's not expensive. It's not an expensive thing to do. You can make them and give them as gifts to people. You can share them with friends. You can enjoy them yourselves. But just the fun that they have decorating, I mean, you can't replace that. It's, it's just, they just really enjoy it. And don't, like I said, don't get stressed. Nobody cares about your house. I'm not kidding. They really don't. They, they honestly, if there's 10 cookies smashed under your table and your kid has icing all over their head, nobody cares. Take some pictures. People will enjoy it. But do this with your kids. It's a fun activity, fun family activity for any holiday you're celebrating. Christmas, New Year's, Hanukkah, anything. Um, Birthdays, baseball games, band concerts, whatever. You can get any shape of cookie cutter. You can get any color of icing and just do something fun like this with your kids. Baking's really great for kids too because baking is math and chemistry and science and everything. So you can have a lot of really good discussions with them. They learn to measure, do fractions. They learn how to mop the floor, how to sweep up the broken parts of glass bowls that fly off the table. You know, first aid, all this. <laughs> but this is, this is a really fun thing to do with your kids. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you try the recipe. And uh, let me know if you like it. I also wanted to say our store is open on our website to sell our, um, we're starting off with just a few mixes. We've got a few oat bran muffin mixes and a spinach dip mix and a cheese ball mix. So if you think you'd like to try out some of my Mary Mac mixes, head over to MerryMacPodcast.com and see what we have for sale. And we're going to add more things as we go through the year. Um, we're going to be putting some scone mixes up. We have a pancake mix. We have a couple of dessert mixes. We have a huge variety of oat bran muffin mixes and all different flavors and names and silly descriptions. And then we're going to be adding our bread mixes also as we develop this. So check us out and uh, let us know what you think. Have a very, very happy holiday season. And thanks for listening if you did. And if you didn't, too bad for you.